and welcome everyone who's watching in on YouTube. We are so delighted to have you with us and uh, delighted that you took time out to tune in. And um, we're doing a series on the character of God, uh, which seems very apt at the moment. And this week, as we've been saying, we were looking at God who is light and his son Jesus, who is also God, who said he is the light of the world. And so I want to start uh, right now by reminding you of Christmas. Great, you say, in the middle of lockdown, in the middle of summer, this guy wants to talk about Christmas. Well, yes, I'm sure you're looking forward to next Christmas. And one of the things about Christmas that I love is when we read these tremendous prophecies from the Bible, uh, especially in uh, carol services where the readings intersperse the carols. And we start with this extraordinary prophecy that Isaiah has. And we're talking thousands of years ago. And he says this in Isaiah 9, verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. And as you consider this, as you consider this prophecy, this is what Jesus came to show. He came to show us the light of God. He came to light up our ways. He came to liberate us from darkness and deep darkness. I suppose every uh, person has had an experience of darkness. Your experience was probably last night, your latest experience of darkness. Um, we've had the privilege, Jackie and I, of going to South Africa for holidays. And um, when we first went to this particular place, it was quite an experience. It's a place called Grunfontein, and it's uh, just in the mountains behind the garden route in South Africa. It's a sort of boutique hotel, I suppose we'd say. It's, it's uh, listed as bed and breakfast, but it's so remote that there is no alternative but dinner there as well. So effectively, it's, uh, it's a hotel with full dinner, bed and breakfast. And it's some 20 kilometers up a dirt track, a gravel track, uh, up into the mountains, away from a place called Kalitzdorp and into the interior. And it's remote, or at least, I think it's remote. Australians probably would think it's not at all remote. Russians too. But for us, you know, up this gravel track a long way, it feels remote. There's nothing much else around, just the hills. Well, we had this excellent room and uh, an excellent dinner. And as we went to bed, darkness began to fall and 
when you get to my age, uh, sleeping through the night is not really an option because at some point or other, you have to relieve yourself. You have to get to the loo. Well, I woke up in need of the loo. And the first thing I noticed was that I wasn't sure whether I'd actually woken up or not. Because I think I opened my eyes, but there was no change. And so I blinked and opened them again and still no change. Whatever I did, it was complete deep darkness, complete blackness. And so all I could do was get up and start to feel my way around the room. Where am I? Where is the toilet? Do I remember the furniture? Am I going to walk into that chest? Am I, where, what, which way am I? Am I the right way round? Am I upside down? Everything was disorientated. And I needed that loo. It was really tough. The deep darkness, total blackness. Because, of course, there was no town nearby. There were no lights. There was none of this light uh, that we live with, even through the night in, uh, in urban areas. And so it was utter blackness, total darkness. I couldn't find the light switch. I thought, you know, never mind, I'll have to wake Jackie up. Otherwise, we're going to be in problems here. I'm going to have to find the light. I couldn't find the light switch. And then I began to think, what's going to happen now? <sighs> Supposing I have an accident, where will this happen? Ah, because I had no idea what I was doing. I'm sure you're glad to know that in the end, I found the loo. It wasn't where I thought it was, but I found it. In the morning, light flooded the room. And it was obvious where the loo was. It was obvious where the chest was. It was obvious where the other furniture was. I could see. God sent Jesus so that we could see. What an extraordinary God. He took the initiative he reached for the light switch, as it were, in the midst of our darkness, when we couldn't even find a light switch, he came and said, I know, I can find it. I can show you. I can light up your life. All through history, people have discovered the joy of having their lives lit up. In the midst of deep, deep darkness, a light has shined. Every generation, it seems, has its recognition of the darkness of humanity, that evil deeds, evil thoughts, and just sheer selfishness lurk 
in every corner of our lives. And it's the experience of many that life seems like darkness. Where am I? What am I doing? Where, what am I going to crash into? What am I going to break? What, am I, what relationships will I shatter if I crash around in this life like this? There are so many who have thought like that. And the mercy of God is to reach out to you and to say, I can flood your life with light so you can see your way. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What an extraordinary promise that our lives can be lit up by God. And for those of us who are Christians, you know, this is uh, an ongoing, lifelong illumination of our path. However old we are, however many years still to go, we can be sure of this, that God is our light and our life. Jesus promised that that would be so. And here we are following him as he lights up our life. Of course, there's difficulties and, you know, we're in the middle of a difficulty. We're sharing with everybody. Christians don't get taken out of difficulties, but they do have the way forward lit up for them. They do have this light that God promises because it's his character. His grace and his mercy have reached out to the light switch for us. He sent Jesus. While we were yet sinners, the Bible says, while we were still in our sin, God took the initiative and sent Jesus to light up your life and my life. It's a powerful image, isn't it? And we as a church are called to live such a life. From the first Easter morning when, as it were, the light of the new creation began. From then on, the church has been called to be, as Jesus was, the light. So they're to follow him and be the light of the world. And there is a very famous English theologian I'm going to quote from now, and you're thinking, oh, no, not a theologian. Can I cope? And I think you'll cope with this fine, just fine. Very famous, probably one of the greatest living the theologians, actually, in the world, N.T. Wright. And he says this, our task as image-bearing, God-loving, Christ-shaped, 
spirit-filled Christians following Christ and shaping our world is to announce redemption to the world that has discovered its fallenness, to announce healing to the world that has discovered its brokenness, to proclaim love and trust to the world that knows only exploitation, fear and suspicion. Jesus is the light of the world. Whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have light, lighting their way forward every day. Amen.